Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Unshackled Liberty. This is Q the Abolitionist, and today's show is a little bit different from anything that we've done so far. Um, I took some time, and over the course of two segments or so, um, I interviewed Jeremiah from Christian Anarchy Podcast, and uh, he and I briefly went down the road uh, to exploring the biblical case for uh, for anarchy, right? Um, now, before you guys blow your top, the, I want you to know that neither Jeremiah or I have all of the answers. Um, we have a beautiful book in God's Word, the Holy Bible, that is a lot of wonderful things. Uh, first and foremost, it is God's Word to us. Um, it specifically, front to back, cover to cover, points out Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. Uh, talks about in the Old Testament, everything there uh, leads to the birth of Christ in the New Testament. And in the New Testament, it talks about his earthly ministry and all of the wonderful things that come with that. But first, but basically, it's a book on salvation. It's a story of, of sin and forgiveness and salvation through our Christ, through our Savior Jesus Christ. Okay, what it is not, it is not a political book. Okay, um, so I want to I want to preface this episode with the understanding and the admit and admitting that the Bible is not a political book. So a lot of people try to use the Bible to prove political points, and and in this, I'm not sure if we can always do that, but I can tell you when when I review the Bible about government and leadership, uh, there are a few passages um, that deal with that. And, pro- and there's more than what we evaluate today. But but uh, I think the entire context of the Bible taken together, you understand the character of God. And, uh, and we explore a little bit of that. And we talk about some of the things that status Christians will hang their hat on with regard to supporting the state, um, and maybe dismantle that a little bit. Um, but listen, I'm not, I'm not the guy with all the answers and neither is Jeremiah. In fact, there's a lot of things that when, when, when we are, when we, when our time on this earth is over and we're in glory forever, there are some significant questions that I have, um, about a lot of things. Okay. Um, but so I wanted to, just kind of preface that with with uh, preface this episode with that statement. So, without further ado, uh, welcome to Unshackled Liberty, and I hope you enjoy this show. Thank you for your time. Um, so hey everybody, thanks for thanks for joining us. Um, 
I've got with me Jeremiah Mitchell, and uh, he's a guy that that we follow each other on Twitter. And and the one one of the wonderful things that we have about the internet is is we're able to share ideas, communicate with each other. And I've never met this gentleman, but uh, and he but he's agreed to come on and talk about some things that that are are very um, interesting for for anybody who's a voluntarist specifically if you're a christian voluntarist or anarchist or a libertarian of any kind and you and you have a faith in christ uh there's some real questions that come along with uh being a christian and being a libertarian whether it be big l or little l uh but uh and and with the state of the church in america today there are a lot of complications associated with that I think with for for a lot of us Christians. So, I'm going to go ahead and give this to uh, give this to Jeremiah, and we'll just start having a conversation. So, how you been, man? What's up? What's up, everyone? I'm Jeremiah. Good to meet you, Q. Get on here. Uh, sharpen myself up a little bit with conversations like this. Been been kind of difficult with a a little kid being born recently, having having many of these. But it's it's good to talk to you. I look forward to this conversation. Yeah, me too, buddy. Hey, thanks for calling in. So you, you, let's let's talk a little bit about um, God's intent intended create. Well, God intended to create order in this universe, right? And yeah, and uh, and I think we talked a little bit about uh, the sin of this world and how that creates kind of the chaos and the death and the destruction. So, did you want to share a little bit more about that? Yeah, I, I think like for me, if you can begin begin like a the foundation for a theological view in Genesis. It makes so much sense because that oh, it it's does. such a special part of the scriptures where this is this is how God wanted the world to be originally like this. This was his original desires, you know, and intent right. for the world. And I think like when you uh, when you see the original Genesis, Genesis one from a an abolitionist perspective, my, my preferred <laughs> descriptor, I guess, yeah. these days. Um, or even just a Jesus is King perspective, you know, right. making it more more generally. I think I think we find that there's uh, a lot in it that's that's relevant for for our our point of view and our philosophy. Um, just just by looking at at the way God wanted things to be originally. Um, if you look at like uh, when it first talks about God making man, Genesis one twenty six. In 27, he says, let us make man in our own image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and birds of the heavens, livestock, blah, 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 every creeping thing. Like all that is, it's of fundamental importance to to being a human is to rule. You know, he, I mean, God says he makes uh, us in, in his likeness. And then the first thing he describes about us is that we're to have dominion. We're to be right. rulers, which I think... Um, is is interesting because because we're you know against rulers but god also well, specifies very clearly what is it you're supposed to rule over all of creation yeah and what he doesn't specify right right and he, and he explicitly he explicitly leaves out i would think is all you said all these little creatures all these little creepy crawly things of the earth that we're supposed to have dominion over but he doesn't say each other right yes <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like it, yeah. It, to me, like that verse explains so much about uh, humanity's kind of purpose in this world. Like if you look at the previous mm -hmm. parts of Genesis, you know, God is creating the world and ordering and organizing the world and making it more suitable for the animals and for the plants and for humanity and doing you know, all these different things to 
uh, organize and improve creation. And then God creates man and says, okay, now you're like me. So you do this same thing with creation. Yeah. You know, which is is so essential to uh, our, what it means to be human and what it means to uh, bear God's image, uh, you know, on the earth, which uh, reminds me of, um, I think it's C.S. Lewis who talks about how sin is a perversion of a good desire. And we see that, you know, that's this desire for humans to rule and have power and control and manage things that is from God. The perversion is when it's a desire to rule and manage other people as, as you, as you uh, said, but there's like, there's a reason why we have that desire and why it's potent and you know, why we want um, power because we're designed to have that power just over different things. I agree. And so and, and when you read when you read especially like you were talking about the creation story and 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 the early life in the garden um man there's so much meat there yeah and there's so much meat i mean you, we you look at adam and the first thing god gives him is work right he gives him the garden to work in and to, and to maintain and to take the you know yeah and, and that's the like, animals to name which like purpose, right? provides yeah. like meaning yeah. you know like putting words to things gives like meaning to what the things are like it's 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 amazing but yeah and then you know what's what's also in there and and i mean i think i'm taking a little bit of this from dr jordan peterson because he's got a unique way of looking at some of this oh, stuff for sure, too yeah. but um he did a he did a study or he did a, a little a little story on the uh the garden and he brought in the serpent as kind of you know we look at the serpent you know, obviously as the personification of, of the devil, right? Like that's, yeah, you know, that's what it is. That's, that's what the serpent is. He comes in and, and he, he's, he's there to tempt Eve and he tempts Adam and, um, and all of that. Yes. But aside from that, what, you know, the God's early earth had a challenge to overcome, right? So, um, there, there was still going to be no matter what, even in, even in paradise on earth, which is what Eden was, right? Uh, there was a challenge. There was a struggle. There was yeah. something to overcome. Yeah, there was there was choice. You know, yeah, there was absolutely. like like God set this whole thing up and he he like he gave humans power to manipulate, you know, the earth and animals and creation and name things and give meaning to things. And you know, power to love and with that power to love also comes this this um, coexistent power to destroy, to ruin the creation. To ruin the good things God has made, to pervert it, to make it worse. Which uh, I think that I think that that choice is all is all central to love, because with I in my in my view at least, like without choice, there is no love. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, and that. Um, Did you have anything else you want to say about that? Yeah. Or? Um. Where's oh, just with the the a first sin story where, you know, Eve is influenced, Adam, Adam and Eve, let's be fair, are influenced by yeah. the serpent to, to take the, the plant and, and eat it. Um, and thus, you know, are exiled from the garden and death comes into the world uh, through Cain. <laughs> uh, but that, yeah. that in itself is a perversion of God's created order of, of dominion. You know, he, he lays out in, in Genesis one earlier that like he's above everything and humans are above the animals and the animals are above the plants, you know? So he already has this, this created order, but by the serpent influencing humans instead of God, it is the animal that is ruling over the humans. It's the animal that's 
uh, ha- having some dominion over them and is the one in control of them as well as as well as the the plant that itself that's that's being eaten so we see a, a perversion of the a hierarchy of creation so in that story right. which i think is i think in my in my opinion the hierarchy of creation is is kind of it's an important part of me being an abolitionist i guess you know like just the way that god, that god made things and uh, made humans you know to be these these co-equal rulers of creation not over one another correct and then we and then having, we having, having dominion over their own little over their own little piece of the garden yeah so to speak. yeah and then we see too a- after sin enters the world like one of the things that went wrong with creation you know there's a the toil in the in the land instead of the land yielding fruit easily but one of eve's is that she'll have pain in childbirth and her husband will rule over her you know that's yeah. that's a part of the curse is is the husband ruling over her instead of um, them being you know mutual helpers that's right doing creation yeah. which okay. I, I think for that's... i think i was just gonna say, like for an ancient near eastern people that means a lot more than it does to us in a world where yeah. women are property it's so many yeah so that's world. and that and that's kind of we we get away from from that and and i think in I think that's good <laughs> because, <laughs> you know, you know, God does put and we go back to the design of the church. Right. And and the body of Christ and what all that means. And, and we're getting into some pretty deep theology here when, when we start talking about um, a man is to love his wife. So at the way Christ loved the church. Right. And that's to give his life for her. Right. So um, the way Christ gave his life for the church. Right. So, you know, there and the, the creation of Eve from the rib of Adam is also, I think very symbolic in that, in that it is, he, he God did design Eve to be the helpmate, uh, the helpmate for Adam and to, and to walk side by side with yeah. him. Um, he didn't make her out of a bone in his foot. I'm sure you've heard this before. This yeah. isn't new, new yeah. concepts, right? So or his head. Uh, he didn't make her. Yeah. yeah. And and he didn't yeah. make her out of a bone in his head. Right. So it was all, it was side by side and walking together in this world. And, uh, and you're right. And through, through sin became that, that, that sort of relationship. But I think in Western philosophy, we've, we've done a really good job of, um, trying to at least correct that sin a little bit, you know, um, there, yeah, there is still, absolutely. I think that, you know, uh, 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 the God, God's design for the home is to have, uh, you know, the husband and the father, um, in charge and simply because you just need to have that level of structure in the home and in the family. But, uh, you know, certainly doesn't mean to, to rule and Lord over, right. The wife and the children. Yeah. Know? Well, I, I, th- so. I think we see like, not just, you know, Western philosophy, you know, uh, kind of undoing that, but even like Jewish law, Com- you yeah. know, there are way more rights for women in Jewish law than there were in surrounding nations laws. Like if you you compare them side oh, by I side, agree. like God is, yeah. you know, taking uh, this this oppressed class, you know, females and moving them from one place into another. And if you look at the elevated place that that Jesus provides for women in the Gospels or or that Paul that Paul does in, in the church and the, and the way he, mm-hmm. you know, s- s- kind of subverts the the a lot of the ways of the world around him. I think we see kind of a a through line through scripture, you know, of, of yeah. like God working through his people to undo more and more and more the, the curse of humanity and bring things back okay. to the way they were intended to be. 
Right on, man. That's good. Good stuff. So the the next thing I think we wanted to talk about uh, takes place, um, you know, at the time when Israel requested a king so that, you know, they were living in a, uh, you know, as they, as they moved through the desert, right, as they moved through yep. the wilderness, um, after after the uh, the exodus and they're moving through the wilderness, they saw the other nations around them and envied them. Yeah. And at that point, they decided they wanted a king like the other nations around them. They were functionally living in a state of tribal anarchy um, at that point, right? Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Tribal anarchy might be might be a good term for it, you know. We we wouldn't <laughs> we wouldn't call it Rothbardian anarcho capitalism, you know. No, still, no, still there was, was they had you know the, the twelve tribes of Israel is very clear, right? You yep, who they are. Yep, and they're and, they're uh, still you know they have a hierarchy within the tribe. Yep. and they had judges and whatnot, but they weren't religious religiously so religiously appointed yeah. judges and stuff. It was uh, yeah. much more open, loosely connected, and mm-hmm. more freedom and stuff. But yeah, you know, so I mean. It, Technically, we you know we would call that I I think a state of of co- coercion with with the law and stuff, yeah. um, but I again like I think I think that is I think God always meets people where they're at, you know, and these yeah. are these are an ancient Near Eastern people that are are used to kings and violence and gods and he, he, various forms of human sacrifice we, all around them in constant this, oh, war like, yep. yeah. Let me let me pause just for a second. Anybody's listening, um, we've we've clearly jumped forward quite a ways from. There's a lot there's a lot of biblical history between the Genesis story, yeah, and 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 the point where 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 Israel rejects God as their as their as their ruler and decides they want their own man man as a king, right? So uh, there's a lot that goes on in between there. So don't you know if you're not familiar with your Bible, understand that there's. Uh, that that it just just doesn't go creation story, then boom, they want a king, right? There's a whole lot going on there. So, I, I just yeah, I felt like I needed yeah. to say that since we did skip over. Quickly. Yeah, I, yeah, even even like highly pertinent things like the Exodus from slavery in Egypt, yeah, yeah, which yeah, is like yeah, a huge, yeah. how, how huge sort of anarchist thing, with, and then, right? And then yeah, 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 right, really through through <laughs> through God sort of uh, subverting the power of Pharaoh through Joseph. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, much much more anarchistic and and the the thing that made one of the things that made the people of of god the israelites the the jews so unique in that time was that they didn't have a king you know they had uh, a person to resolve disputes you know they had multiple judges set up in in local cities and towns and and one major judge for all the 12 tribes to solve the uh, arbitrate the disputes that weren't solvable by the lower, more, more localized judges, yeah. you know, and someone to appeal to sort of up the ladder. It's, it's still uh, centralized in some way, but it's a lot, a lot different than a regular ruler. And instead they claimed that God was their king. And that yeah. was so unique because all the other nations had God Kings that basically claimed, usually they claim some sort of God, yeah. yeah descent from God, or they claim that they were gods, or in, or in some way God, had divine right? so power. Polytheistic, yeah, so many polytheistic religions at that time, right? So, yeah, yeah, they were they were just another one of their several gods, yeah, or something like that. Something yeah. in them was divine, and they had divine authority from God 
A, B, C, or D to yep. rule. Whereas Israel said, no, no, yeah, yeah, we have a God as our God, and it's and it's Yahweh. He's our God, and he doesn't do it through people. It's fundamentally different. And then yep. Israel was like, mm, they were kind of tired of the judges, and they wanted to be like the other nations. And Israel has a long history of wanting to be like the other nations. Whether you know whether that's to this day, man. Right? I mean, even yeah. still, right? We can, we can, we could probably do a whole episode on that. <laughs> yeah, 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 like, yeah. A lot of they, a lot of us just wanting to worship the other gods and and do things the way other people did them. It's that weird, weird human desire. So they asked for a king. And God's like, fine, give it to him. But that's not what I want. This is actually them rejecting me as king. Them saying. You're not my king. You, God, are not my king. You, creator of the whole universe, are not my king. This other person is. So God, God, it's it's actually kind of a, a weirdly Christ-like moment where God sort of submits to sin and just says, Okay. <laughs> you know, like you get what you want. Okay, yeah. you know, it's it's almost like you can almost see Jesus on the cross with the crown of thorns, like, okay, reject me as your king. Like I am your true king. But I accept that you you reject me as that and go, you know, go your own way and I will uh, deal with the consequences and come out of it victorious eventually anyway. Yeah. I, I, I love the, um, and get, yeah, God, God says, that's fine. Choose a king for him. I'll even choose him for you. I'll choose the best one I can find. And it, but first you got to warn, warn him. And I love, I love his warnings because they're just so pertinent i think to modern society it's like uh but you know he's gonna he's gonna make a huge army make a bunch of war and he's yeah. you know he, he's gonna send your sons to die he's gonna you know take people to be his servants and he's gonna take the best of what you produce or you know in your fields and and give them to the people he likes he's you know he's gonna take he's gonna take from from your work and even like he even describes this taking. He says, and you shall be his slaves. I mean, as, essentially, uh, Samuel, when he's talking to the people, giving them the words of the Lord, he essentially says that uh, the taxation, it will makes you uh, functional slaves to this yeah. new king, which is, if we, you know, if we would have talked about Exodus, is really a going back to Egypt. Like the, so much of uh, Jewish history and identity is founded in this, we are the people of the God that frees us from slavery and brings us into this new kingdom where he is our ruler. But it's almost like they're living in Egypt in some sense by having a king in their, you know, in their own nation. They're still in Egypt because they chose to have a ruler. I'm looking for it, man. I'm, I'm, I'm scrolling through through my Bible online. What are you what are you yeah. looking for? I'm looking for the, uh, the the exact passage of scripture and and first Samuel, for Samuel eight ten yeah. um, he mentions uh, slaves at least in I think it's ESV or NASB in yeah. verse seventeen. First he describes taking people, taking a tenth of grain and vineyards. Yeah. I know you said you were KGV only. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I'm not sure and, what, know, what and, word and I'm not is used. Fight you over it, man. Be <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That that and, seems like okay. an odd fight to me. It says, yeah, seven. So that you're right. So it's ten and ten seventeen, right? And then in my my so nineteen it says, and ye have this day rejected your God, 
mm-hmm. who himself saved you out of all of your adversaries and your tribulations. And ye have said unto him, Nay, but set a king over us. Now, therefore, present yourselves before the Lord by your tribes and by your thousands. And that's kind of the, the beginning of it, right? Where yeah. um, he's like, look, you rejected God. So that's one of the things I think we 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 need to remember, at least as Christians, when we and, and how that translates to today. Um, and this is obviously debatable, but I, I, I don't I think it's clear. And but, you know, people will obviously have issue with it. Yeah. Um, what that means is today. When you go vote for your rulers, you're kind of doing that again, man. And you have this day rejected your God, who Himself saved you out from, you know. Yeah. And, so, uh, so you're yeah, gonna go I, to the poll I disagree with cast a vote. that. Huh? I disagree with that. Okay. You know, like just go voting, but I would say like uh, supporting the system. You know, thinking yeah. that the president is legitimate is a rejection of Jesus as president. You know, Jesus is Lord. like, you know, we have so such different language now than they did two thousand years ago. But like Jesus is Lord would have meant, you know, Jesus is commander in chief. You know, Jesus is president instead of Jesus is king. Um, I just don't think I just don't think voting is an inherent. Like part of that. Yeah, I I don't know. Because the the system is forced upon you whether you vote or not anyway. Yeah, we we differ in that. I just feel like it's a consent thing. Right. Um, And I don't you know, I don't want to I don't want to let's not derail this. This is a good conversation. But uh, yeah, I don't want to get wrapped around the axle on, on voting. But uh, I actually did. That was an episode I did not too okay. long ago, and and I got, and we actually got derailed again because you get going in these rabbit holes and it's so I hard know. to come out of them. Yeah, especially um, since we're we're not familiar with each other. Yeah, you know enough yeah, yeah. so we don't really know where, where people each other stand on stuff. So I hear you, man. Yeah. Um, oh uh, yeah, you... I look. I just so I just I wanted before we do that. I just want to say. To me, voting is consenting to the system. Okay. Yeah, and that's and that's it. That's all you know. I mean, you, you, and and clearly, obviously, anybody listening, you see how how diverse this whole group is, right? We're we're both talking about being abolitionists, and we're both looking at um, trying to trying to be better. You know, how do how do how do I even answer this, uh, or how do I even say this? Uh, to be to be as Christ-like as possible in living in this world that we're in, right? And uh, and even the two of us who are fairly like-minded so far as we go through this, we 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 don't agree on voting, and that's so. Anybody who's listening that's not along our along our way of thinking, understand that's what it means to be independent. That's what it means to be your own person. We're allowed to have different views and not and not and, and not be. Uh, at each other's throat, right? And I think there's a lesson that can be made here um, to anybody who's listening that 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 is listening to this conversation and and hear how civil that just happened, right? So, <laughs> sorry sorry to take you off track there, man. <laughs> that that's all right. I will I will try to hold my tongue in that, in that area. Uh, I was just gonna I was just gonna say I just kind of um, noticing this now because I I have the text in front of me too. In First Samuel. 817 you know he says that's right he will take the 10th of your flocks and you shall be as slaves and it says in verse 18 and in that day you'll cry out because of your king whom you have chosen for yourselves but the lord will not answer you in that day so so he references slaves which calls to mind images of egypt and of the israelites time in egypt and then he says 
because you've chosen this king for yourselves, God, the Lord will not answer you in that day. Whereas if you go back to Exodus, you know, one or two, it talks about the Israelites crying out and God hearing them and God answering them and God sending Moses, you know, because they didn't choose that one. But, it, you yeah. know, like it's, gonna, it's a interesting, deliberate contrast here in first Samuel. I'm going to read, I'm gonna read it right out. Of, I'm going to read it right out of my Bible. Okay. I have it right. So it says, um, so first Samuel eight eleven is where I'm going to start. It says, okay. And he said, this will be the manner of the king that shall reign over you. He will take your sons and appoint them for himself, for his chariots and to be his horsemen. And some shall run before his chariots. So we're talking about an army now, right? And then verse 12, and he will appoint, appoint captains over thousands and captains over fifties and will set, set them to ear his ground and reap his harvest and to make instruments of war and instruments for his chariot, of his chariots. And he will take your daughters to be confectionaries and to be cooks and to be bakers. So he's not talking about taking the people, right? And he's going to be putting these people to work and, and, and against their will almost, right? Yeah. So, and he will take your fields and your vineyards and your olive yards, even the best of them, and give them to his servants. And he will take the tenth of you, like you said, the tenth of your seed and of your vineyards, and give his give to his officers and to his servants, and he will take your men servants and your maid servants and your goodliest young men and your asses and put them to his work. He will take the tenth of your sheep, and ye shall be his servants. And ye shall cry out in that day, because your king, which ye shall which ye shall have, which I'm sorry, I'm screwing this up. And ye shall cry out. There's, in that there's day, one reason not to use King James. <laughs> which ye shall have chosen you, and the Lord will not hear you in that day. Yeah. So, yeah, we don't talk like that. So sometimes when you get down into the King James Version, it gets a little tricky. But but the English is pure, man. Um, and it's clear what he's saying. And it's uh, it's 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 real, dude. It's real. And that's you're right. You're right about that. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, so we're at. Yeah, I think we're at like 30 minutes, man. How you doing? Oh, let's let's talk for a little bit longer. We we got a little bit longer. Okay. Yeah. All right. We started about five minutes in, so. Yeah, we did. So we <clears throat> yeah uh, the, the failure of Israel's kings, right? So so right down this road, we talk about, you know, the the nation of Israel rejects their king or rejects their God and and wants a king so they can be like the world around them, and I think that's a common issue among us, right? Yeah. Um, and then we we see later that that. Functionally, there's a like almost an endless line of failed kings. Even, even King David, right? Who yeah. Is, who is a man after God's own heart, is is an adulterer and a murderer, <laughs> right? Yeah. You know? He's an adulterer or murderer. He has tons of instability in his kingdom. Yeah. You know, I think you can go after the other kings and be like, look at these examples. Yeah. You know, they're all horrible. Yeah, obviously, but that's well, that's just, low hanging fruit. We, but I think yeah, like you you're go saying to, you go. I mean, it's it's the the star of David da on their flag, yeah. right? I mean, King David is is a national icon still to this day for them, right? And yeah, and uh, so that's their best, and he was still yeah, arguably a failure, right? Yeah, I mean, like, so. like you're saying, King David is a king to whom all other kings are compared. As when they yeah. talk about a king being bad, they say he didn't do what David did. When they talk about king being yeah. good, they say yeah, he walked in the ways of his father, his father David. But if you if you actually like read through David's life, like what he was, he was when he was a shepherd boy, you know, was out there protecting sheep, you know, killing bears and lions, you know, and then he goes and fights Goliath, you know, to to serve God, yeah. you know, with God's with God's power. Like he's doing all these 
was amazing, amazing things. He's like, you know, like God will protect me. He'll deliver me from the Philistine. I'll, I'll go defeat Goliath and save the people of Israel. No problem. Cause, cause God's doing it through me. And then, and then you give this man power. Yeah. You, he's, he's a man of, uh, of character. That's, you know, uh, like, yeah, I mean, it, it is, it is a story, but it, it's almost like near perfection. Something you would, yeah. you know, you'd find in a great work of fiction where they, you know, display, you know, the, the epitome of a, of a good man. That's what David is. And then you give him power. Yeah. And like you said, <laughs> becomes an adulterer and a murderer. And his kingdom is, I mean, he, he faces coups. He, you know, ends up killing a, a lot of people. And he, he doesn't yeah. even, he doesn't even have control over his home, whole, his uh, own family. You know, one yeah, of his sons, one of his sons, or, or, you know, rapes one of his daughters and, correct, and David correct. does nothing about it. He just kind of sits there. It. Yeah. He, he yeah. like refuses to, to stand up and have integrity. I mean, this was a man that faced Goliath. Like he faced a giant, yeah. but he can't, yeah. can't even deal justice in his own family. Like power has made him into, uh, you know, a greedy, lecherous, lusty coward. You know, if you, I mean, if you look at the, just the way that he handled the Uriah situation, he's, and, he's like yeah. a skeezy politician there, you know, <laughs> like, dude. I'm and okay. You know, he's the best uh, of them all. Yeah. He's the best he's of the them be all. Yeah. Right? He's considered <laughs> to be the best, the, the best, yeah. uh, I like to say the best king that Israel ever had is worse than anyone I've ever met. Like that, that to me, <laughs> says so much about, about what, what the relationship of rule does to humanity you know how yeah. debasing it is not only to the people that are ruled but to the ruler itself it makes sense yeah. that that would happen to david it's of course he becomes corrupt as a ruler because that is a corruption of god's created order in genesis yeah. 1 it's not That's the right. way humanity is supposed to live it is inherently screwed up and it inherently has dehumanizing effects on us when we are ruled or rule over others yeah, and then you just you just take that, you fast forward, you know, uh, to today, and you take a look at the uh, the politicians and the leadership of the of of the government, um, any government, yeah, in, in modern times, and and you just with with that sort of knowledge, you just go, well, yeah, dude, yeah, yeah no wonder why everything's so screwed. Yeah, up, it makes right? sense, and and it, I, it's not just today. I mean, you, you know this, but like no. you could literally no, I mean, just like, point at any time in history. Is what I'm trying oh, to say, yeah, you look at mic. the world today, and and it is, and then. Yeah. But yeah, history is full of it. History is full of it. Yeah, you could, you could pick yeah. any random time in history and, and any location in the world and look at the politicians. And pretty much the bigger the government, the more corrupt they will be. That's great. It's just the nature, yeah. just the nature of the position. It's not like what we're, we're this, meant for. And it doesn't like work out well for us. In the history of history. <laughs> in all of history, right? In the yeah. history of history. Yep. So, okay. All right. Now I'm I'm so about, how you, how you I'm doing? about good. <laughs> okay, so let's do this. We got a few more things we want to talk about. I'd like to I'd like to. Uh, uh, this is a good place to stop this segment. Yeah. So we'll go ahead and and, and end it here. But man, I, I sure would love to get with you again and and finish up uh, uh, the, this talk because we didn't even get to the granddaddy of them all, and that's man that 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 challenging Romans chapter thirteen. I would love to go through that with you and. And get your get your take on it because I know where I'm coming from and and uh, 
And so let's let's do that, man. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. We'll uh, we'll okay. uh, find another time. That sounds good, buddy. Okay, hey, yeah. thanks, Jeremiah. I appreciate you. I appreciate you coming on, and and um, I guess we'll we'll put this together and we'll we'll produce it maybe in you know whenever we get this next this next segment together, man. I appreciate it. Okay, sounds good. Thanks for talking, Q. All right, have a good night, bud. You too. Right. Peace. Hello. How are you doing, man? Pretty good. How are you? I'm doing good. Hey, thanks for uh, thanks for doing this again. Hey, um, yeah, no problem. I do. I have a question. Yes. You know, you you, you tweak you tweak my noggin. I'm gonna go. Ahead. I'm recording now. Is that okay? Yeah, that's fine. Well, it, it automatic it automatically records. Yeah. So, yep. Um. So uh. So here we are. We're back from the break. Um. One week break. <laughs> One week break, man. <laughs> Easy so, to just slide uh, right in and pick up where we left off, wherever that was. <laughs> you know, you you had you said something and it and it tweaked me and I and I think we kind of had a had a little bit of a, um, uh, in the last segment we had a question about voting, and oh, uh, you okay. know before we dive in before we dive into the meat of of uh, of like Romans thirteen and everything that comes with that. So, dude, I've been I've been thinking about this for like a week, man. Okay. Like we talked last, and, and I mean, you know, I was like, I was like, you know, we all think things through, we think things differently, and yeah, and and uh, we have different perspectives, and I think that's great. It's what makes the world colorful. But, um, so help me understand your pers- your your point of view on the ethics of voting, uh, particularly coming from a perspective of a christian anarchist i mean you're the creator of the christian anarchy podcast right so i i think um, the best way to look at um citizens is as slaves in yeah. on a plantation it's just a very large plantation i find that metaphor to be uh it, it's true you know in in a general sense of the term slavery um but if you think about slaves on a plantation who are uh, you know, stuck here, brought there against their will, um, have no desire to be there. And then one day, you know, the their owner says, okay, we, I'm going to give you, you slaves, the choice between person A or person B to be kind of your uh, guard, to be in charge of you, to make sure you do the proper amount of work and to resolve, you know, disputes between you. Um, I don't think if a slave chose to vote for person A or person B, that they are in some way consenting to the existence of the system, consenting to being in slavery. And I don't think they're engaging in aggression uh, against their neighbor, although I, I would um, clarify that when it comes to voting in the, in the sense of the state. They're just working within um, doing whatever they can as a measure to minimize their harm in this system they have no part of. I wouldn't. I would not say that they are in some way um, violating the rights of others by choosing master. You know, uh, what's the right word for it? I don't know. Overseer A instead of overseer B. Yeah. And I think I think that if someone is voting for a decrease in aggression, you know, they're trying to make voting choices that that in, they believe will or have reason to believe will um, decrease the amount of aggression in the system. 
I don't see them as consenting to the system or as aggressionists. They're just in the system. So they're like, well, I will use this so-called power. I don't really think voting is uh, very effective. So I don't really think a single vote is very powerful at all. So I don't really think they're exercising much power anyway. Uh, but I, I don't I don't see that as inherently uh, unethical or contrary to the zero aggression principle. Okay. Does that make sense? That's fair. Okay. No, that's that's an interesting that's an interesting point of view. I'd I've, I'd not heard that before, and, and uh, it does make sense. Um, you're you know, I'm not sure if I agree, but yeah, but man, I, I I no, I appreciate you you clarifying that. It helps me understand a little bit more of where you're coming from. I I try to that's put important. all the blame on the the system and the advocates of the system. You know, than the people who are just yeah. you know using whatever the system gave them to try to decrease its violations of others. Do you think withdrawing from the system has ha, would have any effect? I mean, as much as possible, withdrawing. I mean, we're getting kind of off topic a little bit, but since since we did since we're talking about the system a little bit, do you do you think withdrawing from uh, voting and you know paying taxes if if at all possible, uh, using using you know separate means of exchange, whether yeah. it be barter or cryptocurrency or precious metals or other things? Basically, to try and starve the system out. Um, where where do you fall in line on that? Well, I I, I don't see yeah. like I I see uh, I don't really see any benefit in withdrawing from the system in terms of not voting, uh, yeah. but I do see benefit in terms of withdrawing from the system in terms of you know avoiding taxation, avoiding regulation and stuff like that. Obviously, on an individual level, it makes no difference. But if enough yeah. people do it, it can make a tremendous difference. And I think, I think from an ethical perspective, like that's, I think it's going above and beyond what we're obligated to. But I think the most ethical people will be the ones <laughs> avoiding taxes, you know, at personal cost to themselves. Yeah. Right. Which I, I don't do, but I'd probably consider it more, but things get a little bit. It gets dicey. Man. Things get a little, you know. Yeah, they get a little different when you have kids, you know. I mean, the bottom line is nobody wants to go to a cage, way. man. Nobody wants to. Nobody wants to get right. stuck in a cage. Right. Yeah. Or or <laughs> die defending yourself, you know, from yeah. the thugs trying to yeah. lock you in one. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So um, so where do you want to go now? You want to just dive right into Romans thirteen, or was there something else you wanted to talk about first? Um, yeah. Let's let's do, let's do that. I was gonna say. I think. I think I on the list. I think I had Jesus is King and Romans thirteen. But if we talk about Jesus yeah. being King, that will take too much time. <laughs> so will Romans thirteen. Yeah. So well, so I think I think if we if we if, if we, I think those things go hand in hand. And and uh, you know if you read Romans thirteen, and I'm sure we'll talk about it. But if you read Romans thirteen from the perspective that you understand that Jesus is King, then you go from there, right? Right. Okay. Yeah, it's just uh, so I so I pulled it up just to kind of I don't you know obviously we're probably using different yeah different uh, different versions I'm you know I'm still the King James version guy right so um, yep. you know if you wanted to read yours and and I'll just kind of follow along with mine and then we'll figure it out or 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 whatever you want to do yeah I, 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 I mean I didn't no no I didn't I mean I just wrote down something to talk about <laughs> I don't like have a no, discussion it, plan or anything how about how about you you read it and um, okay we'll just kind of talk about it. 
All right, so Romans 13, King James Version says, Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are, are ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power, resisteth the ordinance of God, and they that resist shall receive themselves damnation. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. Wilt thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have the praise of the same. For he is the minister of God to thee for good. But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid. For he beareth not the sword in vain, for he is the minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon he that doeth evil. Wherefore ye must needs be subject only for wrath, but also for conscience sake. For this cause pay ye tribute also, for they are God's ministers attending continually upon this very thing. Render therefore all all their duties, I'm sorry, render therefore all their dues, tribute unto whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom, to whom fear, honor to whom honor. Owe no man anything but love one another. For he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. For this thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not covet, and if there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in this, in this saying, namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Love worketh no ill will, I'm sorry, love worketh no ill to his neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. And that, knowing the name that now is high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation near, or nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. Let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. So that's King James version. All right, yeah. So let's let's try to let's try to cover like the standard. What's like the standard statist interpretation of Romans thirteen or like the first? So I would verses. say the very the first the, yeah the first thing that I would say is let every soul be subject into the higher powers, and they're just assuming that's like an earthly government, right? Yeah. And then they're saying that there is no power of, but of God. The powers that, that be are ordained of God. And so they're basically saying, hey, man, President Trump, I mean, he's a pretty wicked dude, but he's God's guy. <laughs> you know, yeah. right? I mean, that's what I should, yeah. that's the Yeah, yeah. I want, I, want to be, I want to be as fair as possible. And obviously, we're not going to be super nuanced with the standard status position. But I think, yeah, it's something like God has created all governments and governments yeah. are his servants and they yeah. go around doing the things that he wants done on the earth. Yeah. And they're, you know, his means of making sure people do what is right and do what is wrong. So, you know, something like that is, With, that feels like yeah. it's fair. Yeah, I, I, I think that, I think they think that and okay. it's frightening that they do. Right. We yeah. don't have a status here talking to us about this. Right? Yeah, we I know. What, but we're both former status, status. brother or sister. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, like I'm, I was a former status that read Romans 13 yeah. and thought something similar to that. Um, what, what do you, 
what do you do? Do you have like an easy kind of simple so, way of <clears throat> interpreting that differently? Well, I look at first, I mean, one of the things I think of is, is the entire context of the Bible, right? Like, um, Oh, you're going to bring that into this. Okay. Well, you know, I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, that's that so relevant. Right. Yeah. No, yeah. So the, the, in the entire context of the Bible, not just the, the inspiration of this Holy Scripture, but, but also the, the men that physically uh, wrote the Bible and, and lived during this time. I mean, this, this, chapter, this, this chapter of this book specifically was written by a man who was martyred for being an enemy of the state. You know? Right. <laughs> like, I, I know. He was stoned to death before that. Yeah. You know, by yeah. some gover yeah. governing authorities, by, you yeah, know, local was. politicians. Exactly. And uh, so if you look at this, and I say, let every soul be subject unto a higher power, unto the higher powers. And, and I mean, different versions will say different things. Some even go so far as to say government. But governing but authorities this, is what yeah, NASB yeah, exactly. says. Yeah. 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 And um, for there is no power but of God, the powers that be are ordained of God. And then we go further down and it says... Um, for rulers, verse three, rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. So this is this is where kind of like a little bit of an out, or at least a trick here, where you go and and I don't and I'll say I don't mean there's a trick in the word. There are no tricks in the word, but but for rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. So how about this? If there is a terror, or if there is a ruler who is a terror to good works, then he's not a ruler. Yeah. If I, you know. Yeah, that's. Yeah. You know, so I look at that and I go, so, but if he is evil, then he's not a ruler. Because I can't sit back and think that God ordained. And this is an extreme sense or an extreme example. And I'd probably, you probably know where I'm going with this already. God didn't ordain Hitler, right? He didn't ordain Stalin, right? Right. I don't think, you know, like you, you think of some, and that's just the evil in the 20th century. We go further back and there's some pretty bad dudes all throughout history. Yeah. Like, I, I, I think, don't think that the, yeah. I was, I think examples like that are, one of the primary problems with the statist interpretation, yeah. especially as you yeah. pointed out before, talking about Paul being killed by, you know, uh, yeah. government authorities or yeah. government uh, agents and Jesus being killed by government agents and all the prophets being killed yeah. by various government agents, you know, government agents, right. according yeah. to and on and on, according to Jesus. Yeah. And then you do do an example like Hitler and you just insert Hitler in there. Everyone has to be in and subjection to Hitler. For, yeah, so you know, there's right. no authority except from cool. God. Therefore, who, whoever resists Hitler has opposed the ordinance of God. Notice, God you know, I guess cool for Hitler's not a cause of the... fear for good behavior. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you <laughs> yeah, actually yeah. specify these things, you're like, okay, it's it starts to fall apart. You know, even when, even when I, before I was an anarchist, you know, I would just read this and be, and like insert a lot of words. I'd be like, everyone is yeah. in subjection to the governing authorities. And then I'd add like, insofar as they do what God wants or, you know, rulers right. are not a cause for fear for good behavior uh, insofar as they're acting according to God's will, <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and you have to like add a lot of um, intent there to have it make sense and actually yeah. line up yeah. with reality. You're right. You're yeah. right. And I mean, you, you look at, and I mean, if we even just look at the life of Christ alone in this very, in this very context, right? So, yeah. Um, going back to Isaiah chapter nine, you know, one of these, one of these things where, where we're, we're seeing kind of like a, well, we're seeing a, a prophecy here. It says, you know, Isaiah nine, verse six says for unto us, a child is born unto us, a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulder 
and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Okay, so that's yeah. Jesus. You know, that's a that's a that's a picture of Jesus, and yep. and uh, the government shall be on his shoulder. And then you hear Jesus say, right, that that his kingdom is not of this world, right? He says that you know he he's not. Yeah. He, he says it. Let me see if I can find it right here. There it is. Yep. John eighteen thirty six. He's talking to Pilate, right? Uh, in verse thirty five, Pilate answers him, "Am I a Jew? Thine own nation, and the chief priests have delivered thee unto me." What hast thou done? He's asking Jesus at this point if he's a king, right? Yeah. And Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then my servants would fight, that I should not be delivered unto the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from hence. And then it goes on further. We know the story from there, right? Yeah. He gets, you know, he gets, he gets, he basically gets crucified from there, right? So, right. Um, but, which but, in uh, a, a counter worldly way is, you know, in, in the Gospel of John, he kind of builds up for, to it. That is his exaltation. As king, is yeah. his crucifixion that is you know, yeah, yeah his his enthronement. You're right. Is the yeah. crucifixion, and uh, so we we look at those two things. Okay, the government's on his shoulders, but his government is not of this world. So are we citizens of God's kingdom? Which if we're if we're Christians and we're disciples of Christ, and we most certainly should be considered citizens of God's kingdom. And then we go further, and, and this is just me rattling off freestyle, right? Yeah. What does darkness have in common with light, right? And and so for the if we're if we're citizens of the kingdom of God, and this world is so dark, what are we to have in common with it? You know, I mean, this is just I go on and on and on down the down the line, and I mean, I could I could ramble forever. Yeah. I want I want to hear what you have to say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I th I think there's just um, it's worth pointing out that it's not like the the statist um interpretation of romans 13 actually really holds up very well or lines yeah. up very well you know it's not it's not just because a lot of times it feels like um it seems like some statists think that you're just you're trying to kind of weasel your way out of this text when, when you yeah. advocate for an anarchist interpretation of it but but to me it, it seems necessary to point out how absurd the status interpretation of it is in you know again like if you actually insert like people like jesus wasn't in subjection to the governing authorities <laughs> not very well <laughs> yeah yeah he would I mean, he, he would have shut violent, up right so he was not violent yeah, he, he but was, he was not violent and i think that's important for us when when, when we talk about being a because you know there's a lot of dirty there's a bad, like a lot, you know, anarchy is a bad word to a lot of people, right? Man, right. You know, and yeah, which and, is uh, what, they have this, yeah. they have this view of so what it clearly is not, but that they have to study it a little bit to understand what it is first, and and so when when you say that Jesus was, or you even hint at the idea that Jesus may have been, now this is using 21st century vernacular, right? right? Jesus may have been, if not a complete anarchist, at least a libertarian, right? <laughs> you know, like. Yeah, if, well, if, Jesus if was a uh, 21st century view, right? Yeah, you know, it, uh, people would freak about that. They do. They they don't even like that. And I mean, I'm not trying to assign a political affiliation to to the Savior. That's not that's not appropriate either. But um, you know, Greg Greg Boyd uh, used the term Christarchist in some article yeah. a while ago, which I really I like that. You know, like okay. in terms of like that's a good. Christian, like yeah, uh, Jesus is the ruler. That's that's like the message of scripture. You know, if you, if we're going to 
apply a political label to Jesus, you know, be something yeah. like that. He's king. No, I'm king. He's king. Absolutely. I'm king. Yeah. That is my that is my politics. I'm king and my kingdom is one of love. I don't lord it over others, you know, like the Gentiles do. Right. And you guys shouldn't treat other people like that, you know. Like a, it's a totally eight, different kingdom. Eight. Yeah, verse eight. Owe no man anything but love one another, for he that hath yeah. he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. Verse eight. That's his kingdom. Yeah, that is the expression of the kingdom of, of Christ on earth. Yeah, for for a long time after becoming an anarchist, I had more of a, I think it's a John Howard Yoder or something like that kind of influenced my view of Romans 13. I mean, he put a lot on um, the word established or ordained. I don't know what the King James used, but, you know, it says those which exist, you know, those authorities which exist are established by God which I think is like alathesomai or something like that in, in the Greek. But he said that that word most often means ordered, like ordered as in, I think the metaphor he uses is uh, ordering books in the library. Yeah, it's not that God uh, causes the governments to come into existence or wants them or desires them, you know, or is making yeah. them, but they are there and they already exist. So he is putting them in their places to do the most good. You know, it's not a, he, it's not about him, you know, writing the book, but he's, he's the one trying to use what already exists in the world to accomplish his purposes in the world. But like, similar to what you were saying uh, earlier, I think, I think my view of this has come to be a, a little bit more subversive than, than that. I, I tend to like I I wouldn't be surprised if Paul was writing this to make sure his letters to the Romans actually got to the Romans in transit. You know, the, like it kind of it it in some ways like the first few verses of Romans 13 kind of remind me of of Jesus when he says, you know, give to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God yeah. what is God's. Whereas if you're um if you're a Roman centurion hearing Jesus talk like this or, you know, some yeah. Roman soldier, you're going to think, oh, Jesus is saying that people should be paying taxes to Caesar. But if you are a Jew who acknowledges and knows that everything on the earth is the Lord's and comes from yeah. God, like when Jesus <laughs> is saying that, you're you're going to think, oh, this, this stuff does not actually belong yeah. to Caesar. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And and that's that's what's uh well, you know, I've I think every Christian who's who who has a question about taxes has to have that conversation with people in their church, right? I think I mean, I know I know I do often. And I simply say, look, if everything I have is from God, which it is, yes, then there's nothing left for Caesar. There's nothing left for Caesar. None of this is Caesar's, so why why should I render anything to him, you know? And uh, I think that's that's missed by a lot of people. Um, and they yeah. use the money, you know. They look at the money and they go, "We'll see." It's you know similar to the you know the 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 inscription on on that coin that you know showed the what the you know Caesar's inscription or whatever. And then, <clears throat> well, okay, but the, you know, I mean, still you're. This is not the government, you know, if the, the, the idea that the in a representative democracy or a republic or whatever they want to call it. This right. Time around, 
um, you know, the, the, the expectation, or at least what they try and tell you in school is that the people are the government. Right. Right. <laughs> right. So, 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 I mean, we laugh because we know that's not true. It's, but, but, but that's what they it's, try and, it's, that's at least what they try and shut it's, down your throat. It's a, yeah, it's really, it's the way of creating the Stockholm syndrome. Yeah, it is. To make yeah. it, yeah, no, like, it you are, it you are this. You know, it's, uh, that's, Bro, that's the way, that's the way of um being, uh, it's a way of, like, um, creating abuse within a home, you know, as you convince, yeah. convince the abuse victim that it's their fault that they're yeah. doing this that they're the ones yeah. responsible i have yeah you know you have if, to be you have to be smacked around because you're just you just yeah. like, for your own good yeah <laughs> what is was was murray rothbard say so something like if we are the government quote unquote we then uh the holocaust was a suicide and it was just a jewish community suicide because you know yeah we are the government just, so you know stop hurting but it's okay but, but it's okay according to According to Romans thirteen, that was cool. Yeah, no, you know? no problem. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was that was you know it. just God punishing evildoers. Obviously, yeah, through th the ordained through the ordained ruler. <laughs> right, right, you know? right. In, in a way, it's like makes no sense in light of the person of Jesus who revealed God yeah, to knowing, us most clearly. You know, more clearly than knowing God's character, anything else. Man, yeah, you know there's a whole big, big book up that, that shows us who God is and what his character is. And, and the status interpretation of Romans 13 yeah. is not in keeping with God's character at all. Yeah. So now I, t I tend to approach this test, this text more with a little bit of, uh, imagining myself with a blank state slate in my head when it comes to g government and who are and who aren't authorities. And I almost use the first part of Romans 13 as a, test to apply yeah. to figure yeah. out who is an authority mm -hmm. and who isn't an authority you know so if no, i if i like opinion. you know yeah. go walking down the street and i have no idea who's an authority and who's not and i see you know just i'll just go absurd again i see you know some some person out there raping a woman and you know I, i'll go oh that person is definitely exercising violent authority over other people hmm do I think they're from God or not from God? Well, let's see. Are they uh, causing fear for good behavior? Are they punishing what's evil? Are they acting in a way that is in line with the person of Jesus Christ? Oh, no. Okay. Well, they're probably not from God then. They must not be a legitimate authority. You know, and then I go yeah. and, and I look at this group of people that call their, their group of government and I go and I examine what they're doing. I go, oh, they go around um, threatening to kill people in an indirect manner and uh, in order to take their money. Hmm. Does that really seem like it is in line with the character of God? Oh, are they punishing people for making too much money for engaging in certain types of voluntary, mutually beneficial relationships? Oh, that doesn't yeah. seem like it is in line with what Romans 13 says. Therefore they yeah. must not be authorities and they must not be, not be from God. Yeah. You're right. I mean, if, if you look at it from a litmus test perspective, does it does it pass? Yeah, that's that's a, that's probably a really good way of looking at it. And so, are they a legitimate authority? Yeah. Um, and and I guess if we look at Romans 13 as a as a test on on what a legitimate authority is, and these things have to be accomplished for them to be considered a legitimate authority, or at least to be, um, you know, pass the test. Yeah. Then, you know. Okay. 
that's yeah, a good does, way of looking. It doesn't at seem it. to line up with it. Yeah. It's at least an easy an easy way of thinking about it that does also highlight the problems of the statist interpretation. But it, 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 yeah, Romans Romans twelve ends with do not be come do not do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And then he jumps right into every person has to be in subjection to the governing authorities. Like I don't. I don't think it's coincidence that the next sentence, which Romans 12 and 13, those are, those are not, you know, I, I don't know what happened. Dude, I talked I, about... It dropped. It dropped, man. I don't know what okay, happened, man. I'm dropped. sorry about that. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm hoping we're recording. Dude. <laughs> I'm guessing it's probably just auto record. It's recording. Okay. Recording it. uh, All right. but dude, I don't know. I, maybe, uh, I don't know what I said. So there's some good stuff that we got. I know that I know yeah. that we got like 25 minutes of good stuff there, dude. <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> oh, that's so embarrassing. What what's embarrassing? That it dropped? No, just how it dropped out like that. Just how it just oh yeah, know, just died that's, off. Yeah, it's a weird app. Uh, I do wonder how long I was my talking by myself. <laughs> I was just talking like. Man, Q's being awfully quiet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, so the last we were, we were talking. Yeah, I don't know what you last heard. Test that we were applying to it. Yeah. No, I just we were just 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 talking about. We we're using it as a, uh, uh, you know, if it do, if if we don't have, um, if they don't pass the the, the sniff test, so to speak, then they're not. They should be opposed anyway, if if not violently, definitely non-violently, you know. So, yeah, yeah. At least, know, at least man. called out, um, you know, for what for what they are in light of the kingship of Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Is there uh, anything else you want to talk about? I don't. I'm. I'm. I'm afraid that we're gonna die again. We, we, okay. Okay. Yeah, you're off. cutting out a little bit. Um, no, because there's. Yeah, I kind of got uh, I kind of got lost on Romans thirteen after we died out, which is fine. Uh, but I don't want to start a new topic, so it'll take too long. <laughs> okay. So but, how about this? Yeah. Why don't we call it then? Let's um, call, we'll it, call yeah. it here. And, and do you have anything you want to plug? You want you, let, I'm going to give you some time to, to plug everything. You oh, got I don't care. Time. You can just you can follow me on Twitter at Jeremiah Jam. Um, usually tweet okay. something about anti-government or anti or pro Jesus or just really stupid. So that's really? about it. <laughs> or I just say something dumb and and see what reactions okay. are. Yeah. Right on, man. Okay. Well, hey, thank you for thank you for your time and and uh, coming on and having this conversation. And and uh, man, I'm so I'm so psyched that you came in and 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 gave gave me a chance to do kind of my first uh, first. Yeah, it's good to talk to you, Q. You know, I guess that's what we want. To I enjoyed this. it. No, it was good, buddy. I appreciate. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we gave ourselves a little bit too much to talk about on the list i should have cut it down a little bit we could let topics breathe a little more okay. but uh it was a uh, good talk to you we got a i think a pretty enjoyable overview for me at least of a lot of different stuff so uh, i agree. really appreciate our I time agree. together so i'm gonna i will do some time right on man i'll do some time putting this together and and uh i'll look to maybe have it drop sometime later this week buddy. sounds good have okay. fun editing peace brother all right, all right. Have, have have a good night man thank you so much peace Hey everybody, I want to thank you for listening to this episode. If you like the content we're providing at Unshackled Liberty, 
and would like to help us create more, please feel free to donate at anchor.fm slash unshackledliberty or at patreon.com slash unshackledliberty. Or you can visit our website at unshackledliberty.com for event news and stuff you can buy to support this show and to advocate for freedom in our lifetime. Remember, freedom doesn't ask permission.